Thank God today, and this is Pastor Adams, President and Founder of Truth Matters Ministries in Atlanta, Georgia. So thankful and delighted today for you tuning into this Truth Matters podcast. And before we get into our teaching today, I think it's so important that you realize that we need to support ministries. We're living in a day where absolutes and where truth is being sabotaged and it's being distorted in so many genres and in so many avenues and it's so important that we support ministries like uh, equip.org that we support ministries like truth matters and ministries like it's a god idea and the ministries of great men such as norman geisler and the christian research institute great ministries such as ron rhodes ministries and the the ministries of Dr. Walter Martin and Hank Hanegraaff. So important that we really, really support those who are standing and who are making a defense of the gospel. And today, before we uh, get into our teaching, we want to just pause and pray for so many today. Now, Father, we thank you for those men and those women who have taken up the charge and have dedicated their lives, God, to defending the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those who have counted all things a loss that they might gain the excellency of Jesus Christ. We pray today a special blessing and a hedge and anointing into the ministries of those who are standing up and declaring your gospel throughout all the regions of the world. Those who are imprisoned and those who are being persecuted for the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for those who have even put in and counted their life as nothing, as nothing but dung, that they might win some to Christ. And today we pray for the Ravi Zacharias Ministries today. We pray, Lord, for the John Ankenberg Ministries. We pray for Christian apologetics and we pray for schools like Viola. We pray for ministries like such RZIM. We stand today for the Ron Rhodes ministry. We pray for those who are standing strongly, such as Hank Hanegraaff and so many people across the United States who are really being champions of truth. And today, never as before, we should pray for ministries like Ray Comfort and the Way of the Master. We pray today that you would add a special blessing into them in Jesus' name. And we've been going through an exposition on masonry. And we're going to continue because there's so much information uh, that must be dispensed and distributed concerning masonry. We've talked about the first three degrees. And now we're going to talk about what is called the accepted, which is the fourth through the 14th degrees, which consists of the secret master, the perfect master, the intimate secretary, the provost judge. And then there is the intendant of builders. Then there's the elected of nine. Then the illustrious elect of 15. Then we have the sublime knights elected. Then the grand master architect and the king of the ninth arc. Then the grand elect. And finally, the perfect sublime master. And then we move from the 15th to the 19th degrees, which consists of the Knight of the East, the Prince of Jerusalem, the Knight of the East and the West, the Sovereign Prince of the Rose Croix. And then we have 
the 20th through the 33rd degrees, which consists of the Grand Pontiff, the Grand Master of all symbolic lodges, the Prussian Knight, the Knight of the Royal Axe, the Chief of the Tabernacle, the Prince of the Tabernacle, the Knight of the Brazen Serpent. Then you have the Prince of the Mercy and the Scotch Trinitarian. Then you have Sovereign Commander of the Temple, the Knight of Sun, the Grand Scotch Knight of St. Andrew. Then you have the Grand Elect Knight of Kodosh. Then we have the Grand Inquiring Commander. Then Sublime Prince of the Royal Secret. And then we have the last and the 33rd degree which is the Sovereign Grand Inspector General, or the Master Mason. And it is at achieving this 33rd degree that you finally learn the true name of the God of Masonry, which is the Luciferian. See, most of these degrees are earned by merit and seniority, but too often, if, if people would be honest, the degrees are obtained by the Benjamins. See, the Lodge can accumulate mucho dinero by selling internal promotions. Oh yeah, you have rituals and there are things that you must achieve, but don't get it twisted. Money makes the world go round. See, systemically, the Lodge operates similar to a strong fraternity. There are initiations, there's the normal rank and file, you have blood oaths and then you have extreme loyalty. Some extremist advocates will operate like terrorists and they will kill and even murder and destroy to protect the tenets of the craft. Did you all hear me? See, we at Truth Matters have determined to tell the truth, even if it costs us our lives. Martin Luther King said, if a man has not found something for which he is willing to die, he is not really fit to live. See, understand something about the structure of the lodge. The lodge has sacramental furniture. One item is the altar of the sacred book. This book can be the Vedas. That book can also be the Quran. It could be the Book of Mormon. It could be Doctrine and Covenants. What do you mean, Pastor Adams? Well, what I mean is, is that the altar of the sacred book doesn't have a specific sacred book. We believe that the only sacred book in the world is the Bible. We believe that there are no other inspired books but the Bible. But Masonry says, oh, it can be the Vedas, the Quran, the Book of Mormon. And you can also put a Bible there. In other words, it's a type of universalism. It's a type of Baha'ism where Whatever your perception or whatever your view of what is holy or divine or deity is acceptable. See, there's also what is called the seat of the worshipful master. Just think about that. Just really just stop and analyze that word. The worshipful master. So there's a person in the lodge who's the leader of the lodge. Who is worshipful. And he's also called a master. Now we know that worship is only for the creator of the world. And we also know that there is only one master. And that's the creator of the world. And who do we call him? We call him Jesus Christ, the God of the Bible. See, 
above that worshipful master is what is called a big G. And then that means the all-seeing eye or the grand architect of the universe. See, it's important to understand the vocabulary, the vocabulary of the craft. What are some of those? See, there is also this part that's called a rough ashlar, which describes the freestone from the quarry. Another tool within masonry is called the unpolished gavel. What does it do? It breaks the ashlar or of the ebullitions and the indecorum of frivolity. In other words, it's getting rid of all of the rough moral inclinations that might be a part of the particular mason who is going through a process of weaning and development and growth. See, the new candidate is considered a rough ashler, and by passing through the filters of the craft, he will become a smooth and polished stone. I want you all to really pay attention to something here. Some people say that masonry is not a religion. And they say it's just it's it's just a periphery. It's just some a side type of activity, such as you being uh, a member of a fraternity or a sorority. But I want you all to see something that this is talking about: life development, life growth, spiritual values, things that the Bible clearly say falls within the auspices of the completed work of Christ and atonement on the cross. But we see another substitute coming into fruition. Another tool of the craft is called the compass. It is a standard restitute of felicity, and it's also an emblem of virtue. It is the only measure of a Mason's life and conduct. What? We thought that our life and conduct is based upon the disciplines and the admonitions of the word of God. The Bible says we're clean through the word. The the Bible tells us that we have been sanctified. We have been set apart. We have been imputed. We have been justified and redeemed and reconciled by the atonement of Jesus Christ. But we hear a different concept being presented by masonry. The masons also says that the compass, it keeps the desires of the candidate or the mason within boundaries. What? We're told that we are kept by the word of God in scripture. Masonry says we're kept within the boundaries by the compass or the restitute and felicity of masonry. And then there's something that's called the square. And it is an angle of 90 degrees, which represents the fourth part of a circle. It is the working tool of the fellow craft. It proves or corrects errors. It uncovers imperfections in conduct that will cause disharmony among the Mason brothers. Well, once again, as a Christian, when I read my Bible, it tells me that the Bible, it says, teach the word. And all scripture was given by inspiration of God and was profitable for doctrine, for correction and reproof and righteousness. The Bible tells me that I don't get corrected from errors and imperfections through 
the tenets and the teachings of masonry. It says it comes from the Word of God. And it's not from the Quran. It doesn't come from the Book of Mormon or the Vedas or any sacred book that I put upon the altar of the sacred book. It doesn't come from the compass or from the square. It is only realized and appropriated through a born-again experience and an adherence to and an eating of the bread of heaven, which is Jesus Christ and his word. And then we also have what is called the five-pointed star. It is found among the master degree. It is an allusion to the five points of fellowship, a summary of the Mason's duty to a brother. And we at Truth Matters find it interesting that the star that Masonry defines as a symbol of the virtue of brothers is the exact same symbol that is used by the occult to signify the goat head of Satan. Don't get it twisted. In the occult and in Satanism, it is called the pentagram. I've had many people throughout the world as I witnesses and I share a knock on doors and have evangelized all across this world. I've seen many people, those who are who participate in Rosencrucian theosophy, those who deal in astral projection. There are so many occultists out there. Those who are involved in Ouija boards and seances. They use the same symbol as masonry, which is the pentagram. The truth matters today. And what, it, what is the pentagram? The pentagram, it is a medium that introduces demons into our dimensions as what takes place in many satanic ceremonies. When you look at the bumper emblem of Masons, what they put on their cars, just look at them. They have the five-pointed star on their car and they have the goat head pentagram of occultic practices glued to their bumpers. You can clearly see the two horns. You can see the, see the two ears of the goat. And you can see the goatee of the goat in perfect symmetry and a replica of the pentagram of Satanism. Truth matters today. And if we don't tell you, who else is going to tell you? Masonry won't tell you. It's very important today that we understand there are other symbols within the within the within the Masonic uh, confines of Masonry, which is the lambskin apron, which speaks of the purity and moral righteousness. If you look at the square, if you look at the five-pointed star, the lambskin, and all the other aspects of masonry they are all dealing with the life the righteousness the purity and the values and the character of the candidate or the practicing mason when you look at the lambskin it talks about purity and moral righteousness none of those things are achieved outside of a relationship with jesus christ foster bailey he is the author of a book called The Spirit of Masonry. He says that masonry is one of many ways to God and that masonry is not a system of morality. 
inculcating the highest ethics through which result it followed the conscious unfolding of divinity but it is also a dramatic representation of what regeneration 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 took place on calvary he goes on to say that this is that this is what mason reproduces but we at truth matters must proclaim that this is totally foreign to the bible the christian cannot in any way get beyond the fact that jesus christ is the light giver jesus christ is the redeemer of humanity and is opposed to the teaching of the lodge the bible distinctly teaches that salvation only comes through the person of jesus christ read acts 4 and 12 for there is salvation in no other name but the name of jesus christ john 14 and 6 says also that it's in jesus christ that he is the way and the truth and the life it cannot come by any other means masonry does not accept that fact and they can't accept the fact that man is born sinful it is in need of redemption the craft does not have a grasp of the depth of man's rebellion and alienation against the creator of the world jesus christ now theologically masonry may be classified as a cult from the perspective of biblical revelation that's right that's what we said if we define a cult as a religious group which claims compatibility with the christian faith but deviates seriously from the orthodox teachings and the orthodox teachings and practices of Christianity, then masonry is a cult. Masonry keeps secrets that from family members. Its oaths can be spiritually abusive and also manipulative and intimidating. They imply retribution for their violation. The ritual may in certain ways function to suppress independent thinking and dependency on the craft itself. Masons must obey large authority and masonry itself listen to this it must be stated that masonry worships the sun it also worships light or lucifer what do you mean by that pastor adams well as we continue on today in our exposition and examination of masonry we must look at what albert pike writes he says our lodges are due east and west. Why? Because the master represents the rising sun. He is not talking about the star that is 93 million miles from the earth. He is referring to the concealed God of ancient mystery religion. See, Pike identifies the fact that the sun God or light is the god of masonry when he says that osiris is symbolized by the sun s-u-n i want y'all to pay attention here because we're going to get to the root of the foundation and the structure of masonry he says the s-u-n his is the all-seeing eye in our lodges Wow. So that same symbol that we see on our dollar bill on the top of the pyramid and the I and the G that we see within the lodges that represents the all seeing eye or the sun in our lodges. And we just identified that the sun represents 
Osiris or the sun god in mystery religion. Pike disclosed that the Egyptian god Osiris had a rival god. Hmm, who was the rival god of the sun god Osiris? Well, Pike said he's long been known as Adonai. Who was his rival? Adonai. So the god of creation, who was known as Elohim, Adonai, Aikia, Jehovah, he is the rival of Mason's god? Yes, one of the god names in the Bible. He was the rival of Baal and Osiris, who has been repackaged as the grand architect of the universe, the sun god, who is the god of masonry. Pike also states that the sun is the hieroglyphical sign of truth because it is the source of light. Pike claims that masonry is a march and a struggle for light. So masonry in its structure and in all of its rituals are designed to move man back in their search for light or to be reacquainted, reestablished in the original mystery religion, which was the opponent, the opponent and the rival of this mystery religion, which is the God of the Bible. Albert Mackey wrote, light is therefore synonymous with truth and knowledge and darkness with falsehood and ignorance. See, we at Truth Matters would like to mention that the Bible calls Satan an angel of what? Light. Wow, where is that found? Well, it's in 2 Corinthians verse 11 through 14. And Luke reveals in Luke 10 and 18, he said, I saw Satan fall as what? Was it darkness? No, as lightning from heaven. Wow. Hmm. It is clear that Satan is the light. That, Maton, that Masons refer to as their God. And their mission is to reveal Satan or the light bearer back into the world. See, I would like to share an example of how Masons conduct rituals and initiations in the lodge. Albert Pike lists the ritual this way. He says, are you willing to be a soldier? and enlist in this new crusade against the powers of evil and all the wrongs that vex and afflict humanity? The candidate is encouraged to answer, yes, I am. The Mason takes this oath at the 18th and the 30th degrees. Kneel with us then, my brother. With us is with us in imploring the assistance, protection, and support of him to whom we owe our being and to whom alone can make darkness light and bring tyranny of evil to an end. Wow. The candidate then kneels before the grand commander and takes the following oath. Do you promise, swear, by all that you hold most dear and sacred, that you will hereafter consider yourself a soldier of truth, justice, order, law, and suffering humanity, and you will wage continual war by legitimate and proper means that may comport with the character of a mason, a knight, and a gentleman. 
Now, when you read this, it appears that it is moral and non-threatening. However, remember, Masons have no moral absolutes. In his book, Magnum Opus, Albert Pike makes it clear that murdering for the craft or lodge is a duty of a knight. We do most sacredly and solemnly vow and to each other renewably his word pledge our Masonic and knightly word that we will by all legal and honorable means avenge the murderers of our predecessors of this order. Henry Clausen, a former sovereign grand commander of the source of the southern jurisdiction of the Scottish Rite, wrote official Masonic literature that this is one of the mandatory degrees that humanizes the old lesson of vengeance. See, the candidate vows in the solemn presence of the death that he will oppose spiritual despotism. What is that? And then he also says, and political tyranny, meaning he will oppose religion and government. He will oppose religion and government? Does Christianity fall within a category of religion? I say for sure it does. Symbolic action is taken to spurn all attempt of any church or state. Here is the clear identification of despotism and tyranny, religion and government. In other words, he says that the church or any government is the identification of despotism and tyranny. The things that the Bible speaks about in Romans 13, where he says that we should submit to all governments and that we should submit to legislative bodies because they are ordained of God and that we should submit to the Spirit of God and to the leadership of those men who have called to lead and to feed the body of Christ. But Masons says that the church and government was designed to crush man, to lessen his freedom, to degrade and distract from his worship of the supreme spiritual power or his choice, meaning Man is restricted by moral absolutes of the God of the Bible. You all catch that? That masonry within its structure, within its ritual, within its all of its, its morals is designed to make sure that there are no moral absolutes that have been defined by Scripture. That man is not going to commit himself to a certain government or to Christian churches or Christian religion. Within masonry, evil is defined as the God of the Bible. What? Evil is defined as the God of the Bible. See, the masons, they learn at the 33rd degree that the Lucifer is the light or the sun God, historically known by names such as Tammuz or, or Osiris. The following quotation illustrates this clearly. Albert Pike wrote, Men are good. Evil institutions, church and government alone have made them bad. By setting up moral standards that reveal sin in one resolution, Jesus Christ. And it is the duty of masonry in every night to aid them back 
to the truth. What truth? Freedom from religion or absolutes. It is the old contest between good and evil, between the sons of light and the children of darkness, between Hercules and Antetius. The soldiers of the Masonic War are certain of victory. They have a plan and a purpose. Now listen to them speak. Albert Pike writes, we can look on all evils of the world and see that it is only the hour before sunrise and the light is coming. No true mason despairs of final victory. Then he says, light will finally overcome darkness. This is the religion and philosophy of masonry. The doom of tyranny is near at hand and they consider tyranny and they consider darkness, Jesus Christ and the church. Ultimately, masonry will prevail and evil will be overthrown. What will be overthrown? The church of Jesus Christ. The ultimate disappearance of political and religious despotism through perhaps remote is certain. The doctrines of masonry will ultimately rule. The intellectual world is certain. And with such startling revelations, masonry's agenda against God, the church, and the magistrates and ordinances, it is vital that Christians pray and prepare to fight the spiritual onslaught that is called masonry. And today we thank you for attending and listening to this Truth Matters podcast. And you continue to pray for us and pray for those who have been ensnared and taken captive by this very false and pernicious and demonic movement called Freemasonry. God bless you.